This is an AMI podcast. Hi, I'm Fern Lullum, and welcome to Into You, the podcast where we put love under the microscope, shedding light on the do's, don'ts, and nightmare scenarios we find ourselves in while flirting with romance. It's not healthy to be dismissive in arguments and give people the silent treatment. It's really not. We all come at dating from a slightly different angle, but we are often faced with very similar situations to shape up to. It's good to get support, but be selective who you're getting support from. Everyone's going, yeah, I am an intelligent person and I am always arguing with a stupid person. That's my partner. Dating can uncover things about ourselves we never knew before. So without further ado, let's get into you. This is exciting. This is a juicy topic. So if you're ready, are you ready to go? Let's do it. Let's do it indeed. And welcome or welcome back to the podcast that shines a torch into the deepest, darkest parts of your dating dynamics and gives your relational psychology a good old spring clean. It's into you! Today, you're joining me for part two on our trip down argument lane as we continue to explore the lover's tiff to put it politely. Yes, we are carrying on our conversation with professional dating coach and TikTok sensation, Jacob Lucas. Last time, Jacob told us why dating disputes can actually spell out disaster. A lot of people say arguments are healthy to have in a relationship. No, I 100% disagree. And taught us how to communicate more effectively in relationships to prevent arguments before they ignite. If you make your instructions clear and they disrespect it, it's their fault. If you make your instructions wishy-washy and then they disrespect it, it's your fault. Today, we're going to explore some more of the causes and look at how we can hopefully create a happier, healthier romantic environment. Later, Jacob explains how our location might have an impact on how easily we can resolve an issue. You're not really going to solve that argument probably in the kitchen. And shares the reason behind an argument which can keep couples trapped in a cycle of helpless despair. Have a look at the relationship a bit firmer because they're always going to have one foot out the door. But first, I thought I'd step into the 21st century to kick off this episode and quiz Jacob about the etiquette of tackling tantrums via text. Obviously, another modern day issue that we have is Texting, right? Texting arguments over text. What do you do if you realise things are getting a bit heated over the old text and not in a good way? Good question. Make FaceTime over a phone call because stuff in text gets misconstrued, doesn't it? Because we can't see if the other person is joking on text. I've done it many times in my past where I made a joke and people might have got like annoyed at it. I'm like, no, I didn't mean anything like that. But if I did it on FaceTime, then it's like you can hear my voice. If you feel like an argument started through text, change it to a FaceTime so they know that you're joking or whatever it could be, right? And you can actually talk about it properly because there's nothing worse when you're having an argument and you've got to wait like an hour. It just ruins your day for that reply because you can't continue it and get it done there and then. Yeah. It's like it lasts a long time and you're like, oh, but on a phone call, it's done there and then. So that's what I would say. That's true. And you've got to compose the long essays on the text and then you get another one back. Oh, it's it's a lot of maintenance, isn't it? 
Yeah, loads of time consumed over nothing as well, which could be done in five minutes on a phone call. Yeah, good idea. What do you do if you and your partner handle arguments very differently? So I guess the classic example is one of you wants, you know, space and a time away, time out. The other one is just desperate to sort it out straight away, just get it done and they can't bear the waiting around. Oh, I always like getting it done there and then. I think, what's the point of feeling angry at your partner for a long period of time? If you've both got like different styles of like, you know, handling it, mm. it's very hard to do, but reflect why have you got that style? Let's say, for example, your mum argued with your dad, and then your dad would be dismissive. Any reason you're dismissive is because you know that's because that's what your dad did. It's not healthy to be dismissive in arguments and give people the silent treatment. It's really not. Get it done there and then. Otherwise, what happens is it just stews and it gets bigger and bigger over time. Mm. And people say, oh, sometimes we need space. But what's that space going to do? What is it actually going to achieve? You go away from your partner, you've got the same problem on your hands. It doesn't do anything. Take your time. If you need like two minutes just to calm your body down and relax, do it. But you should always fix it there and then. Otherwise, there's nothing productive about just walking away. Nothing at all, in my opinion. Quite often it just adds fuel to the fire, doesn't it? Because it just gives you longer to ruminate and think about all the reasons and all the things they've done to wrong you. Absolutely. Then you start making excuses in your head. Oh, maybe I shouldn't be with them because five years ago they called me this. I don't care about that five minutes ago, you know? Yeah. So I, I would say get it done there and then. You meant to live life nicely. You're not meant to be arguing your whole life and then wasting a whole day on feeling like absolute rubbish. You always go back into that argument archive. You thought they wouldn't <laughs> remember, they remember. Yeah. <laughs> Forever. So we often hear the age-old phrase, never go to sleep on an argument. Is that something you would say if it's the end of the day and it, you know, you're getting tired, you've got to solve the argument before you go to bed, right? Yeah, I agree. You can't sleep properly either. So when you wake up, you feel worse and argue worse because you can't even think straight because you're tired. Even if you argue and you love each other, when you go to bed, you're still going to feel some resentment there or whatever it could be. But be nice about it. If it's still not solved by like one o'clock in the morning and you're not good, you've got work. Like, look, I love you. I still love you. Let's go to bed and we'll chat about it tomorrow. But if you can fix it there and then, fix it. If you can't, just say I love you and go to bed. I think that's a good cure for lots of arguments. Just say I love you and go to bed. That's <laughs> that's all you need. Episode ended. <laughs> so how can we, instead of getting irate and getting angry, how can we handle these situations in a more constructive way? How can we talk to our partners that's going to get us what we want, but we're not going to do it with a lot of anger and all of the bad behaviours that we mentioned earlier? A big one is let the other person talk and take your time. So a lot of people like speaking over people in arguments, don't they? Like, listen, listen, listen. Say exactly what you need to say and then give me my turn and say exactly what I need to say. A lot of arguments stem from miscommunication as well because the other person won't shut up. <laughs> if everybody just stopped talking over everybody else and just listened to what every person had to say and actually took it on board, there'd be so much less arguing in the world. Again, if you listen to this and you feel like you argue a lot, just try it. Just don't talk and say to a person, you have five minutes, say exactly what you need to say, and then give me my five minutes. And I guarantee it'd be a lot more understanding from either side. 
Take it in turns. I like that. So simple. Like, well, that's what we were taught when we were children. But you forget over the years, don't you? Especially when you get all worked up and passionate about something. Yeah. Well, look at courts. If you go to court, for example, you have to take it in turns. And that's built like that for a reason, isn't it? Otherwise, people in courts be shouting at each other 24-7. Judge be like, OK, now it's the defendant's turn. Now it's the prosecutor's turn. Yeah. That's why it's set up like that. And it makes a lot of sense. No slang in matches. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned about the silent treatment earlier and, and you just said about not talking. What do you do if your partner's giving you the silent treatment after an argument? How do you solve that one? Yeah, I think silent treatment, if it's unwarranted as well, can be quite abusive. A real big one I don't like is when guys tell women what to wear and they're like, OK, you cannot wear this, you cannot wear that, or you cannot go out with your friends because I don't like your friend Sarah, right? And they go out with their friend Sarah or they wear like a certain dress a guy don't want to wear and she's quite controlling. And then they give them silent treatment as punishment. A lot of people, the biggest mistake they do is when somebody gives them disinterest with silent treatment, for example, they meet their disinterest with interest. So they start being overly nice to that person or they try and win their affection back. Mm -hmm. It's the worst thing you can do in the world because what you're doing is you're rewarding that person for giving you the silent treatment. And... It's just going to keep repeating because on a subconscious level, they're going to think every time I'm nasty and give that person silent treatment, I'm going to get affection for it. So if they can give you a silent treatment, meet their disinterest with your own disinterest and let them know that's not okay. You don't have to give them silent treatment back, but you'd be like, I'm not going to play your stupid game. Okay. It's a very hard one. The main point is do not give them interest for giving you disinterest or it will just be a repeated cycle completely. Yeah, it's easy to go into fear and then relief, I guess, is the word. Thank God it's over and then be all over them, like you say, and and that's not helpful for future. Don't reward people's negative behaviours. And if you give that person more affection, they're going to keep doing it. And I've seen it happen a million times where people are scared of their boyfriend or their girlfriend leaving them. And they've done nothing wrong and they're scared of getting left. So they do try harder so the person continues to be nasty to them. And it's unfortunate, but it does happen so often. And hey, leave Sarah out of it because she's a great girl, really. You know, it's not fair. Is it ever a good idea to involve others in your argument? So, you know, the classic situation of you go to your mum or you go to your best friend and you tell them about the situation. Is that uh, okay or is that a no-no? It depends on the situation. It can be. Support can be really nice. And it can make the other person kind of like recognise what they're doing a little bit. But I would always recommend if you have a problem in a relationship where you're arguing all the time, do not ask advice from somebody who argues all the time because they don't know. Go to somebody who doesn't argue a lot. Your mum and dad have a really nice relationship. Then ask them for support. Mum, dad, what should I do? What am I doing wrong here? But if your mum and dad argue 24-7, what's the point of asking them? They don't know the answer. So I would say it's good to get support, but be selective who you're getting support from. Well, if you go to someone who argues all the time, they might start arguing with you and that'll just be a double, double whammy. It's too much. Yeah, and get somebody who is respected as well in your family or friends. If you ask somebody the partner doesn't like, for example, and they say, okay, we use Sarah again. Sarah's getting it oh, today. Poor old Sarah. Poor Sarah. Let's say, for example, your partner hates Sarah because they had an argument a year ago. Right. Sarah said this and she thinks you're wrong. Well, he doesn't care about Sarah's opinion. But if, say, for example, he really respects your mum or dad, but mum and dad said, you're kind of being a bit harsh on me here, mm. you might think twice then, as opposed to asking someone he doesn't respect. 
that does make sense. And talking of that and going back to people and um, trying to reconcile, once you've had the argument, it's over, it's too late, there's no saving it, it's happened. How can we heal after arguments? How can we make it better? Well, as in you've both broken up with each other. No, you haven't broken up. You've just had an argument and you just want to, you know, be friends again. <laughs> I would say, so you've had an argument and you want to be friends again. Time's a nice little healer. That sounds really cliche, I know. So you've had an argument, you take 10 minutes out or whatever, you come back and then you're like, okay, this is bad. We want to be friends again. We both love each other. Let's go change the setting. Let's go do something nice for each other. Let's go enjoy ourselves. Let's take ourselves out of a negative environment and put ourselves in a positive environment. And then before you know it, you probably forget what the argument was about anyway. If you're always arguing in the kitchen because someone keeps getting in the way, which is a big one, then you're not really going to solve that argument probably in the kitchen. Because I keep getting in the way. <laughs> yeah, that's a big one. A lot of partners, not so much the argument, bicker. They bicker, mm. get out of my way. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> oh, God, there's so many. It's so easy to laugh about it when you're thinking about it. But my God, it's <laughs> in the moment. It's just life and death. It's everything. Jacob had this wonderful way of approaching a very serious subject and one which causes so much chaos amongst couples by showing how ridiculous and almost comedic these disputes are when we look at them rationally. I, for one, can hold my hands up and say that I've spent far too long digging my heels in, especially when it comes to that last stolen slice of cake that we mentioned last time, and only afterwards realising it never really warranted the stress and fallout it created. This thought made me curious about what others would pinpoint as their silliest disagreement with a partner. So, as is the protocol of most scientific studies, in 2022, I put out a post on social Social media, and here are a selection of my favourite answers. The sentence reads, The most ridiculous argument I have ever had was... Dot, 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 finish the sentence. Greg, who was right about a question on a quiz show? We still sometimes bring it up now, and the show has been off air for a decade. Ah, yes, God bless the inventor of daytime TV for creating so many potential squabbles. Julie, that he'd thrown the card I made for him in the bin... Oh, later I found it in his bedside drawer. Oh, Julie, what did you do? Did you hide it to protect your ego? I think I would have been tempted to do that. Pete, which restaurant we should eat at? I got my way, but then we didn't speak all evening. Uh, See, if one of you loses, you both lose, Pete. I hope the food was worth it. And finally, Shara, the most ridiculous argument I ever had was... Which one of us should have been watching the dog when she ate a whole pack of biscuits? While we were arguing about it, she snuck off and had three slices of bread too. Well, that just sounds like me in canine form, to be honest, Shara. Arguments are good for some things, I suppose. Jacob talked, it started to click for me that arguments seem to largely be about somebody triggering our own issues, leading us to go off like a gunshot. 
At times, it can feel like our partner has somehow snuck their way into our emotional control room and is casually leaning back against the panels of lights, switches and buttons, pressing as many as they possibly can at one time without even realising it. This made me think that perhaps it's not just an issue of getting to know ourselves better, but also being clear about who we are and what we need in our conversations with our partner. After hearing about the many, many, many mistakes we can make, I was eager to know how we might go about making a change in our relationships and keeping disagreements to a minimum. Once we've been through this and we're kind of sick of it, how can we prevent arguments happening again in the future? Learn how your partner communicates, definitely. If your partner likes logic being thrown at them, for example, because they understand it, do it. If your partner likes how you feel in emotions, then try and bring that out of them. But learn how your partner communicates. If they like, this is why it worked X, Y, Z, and it works for them, and they can see what they did right or wrong, cool. If they respond because you made them feel sad, try and make them feel happy. People have different communication styles. So learn what your partner's communication style is. And that way, it'll be a lot, lot easier. If someone is listening right now who has had an argument with their partner or someone that they're dating, what advice can you give to them? What words of wisdom do you have for them? The argument is not worth it. There is no point. Even for the person to break the cycle, break that cycle because arguing will achieve you nothing. Discussions achieve you a lot arguing will achieve you nothing. If you feel like you're arguing, ask your partner to discuss it in a calm manner. If they start kicking off, remove yourself from that situation and then come back and keep trying and repeating that cycle until they get the point. You will not engage with them if they will argue with you. You will engage with them if they peacefully discuss something with you. One thing that strikes me as well is the threat of the breakup. You know, people who every time they argue, it's like, you know what, this isn't working. We're going to break up. That's no good, is it? No, not at all. If you, every time you argue, you threaten a breakup, you haven't got a very firm relationship there. The only thing I will say is, if somebody is always threatening to break up after an argument, there's usually two factors. It's either, one, they don't value relationships much anyway, or two, they've been hurt so bad in previous relationships that whenever they have an argument, they want to get out of dodge, basically, before they get hurt. Mm. So decide which one it is. If it's the latter, then you really need to make that person feel secure and be more understanding. If it's the former, then have a look at the relationship a bit firmer because they're always going to have one foot out the door. Very hard. And so my million dollar question that I ask in all different subject areas and always provides a fascinating answer. What can we learn, Jacob, from arguments? What can it teach us about our dating and relationships? I would say what would teach us is how self-reflective we are of ourselves and who the kind of people we should be around to bring out the best in us so we don't argue. A real big one is if you're a very intelligent person, you will always argue with a stupid person all the time because you think differently. That's a big factor. So self-reflection as well is in terms of if we argue, why do we argue all the time? We need to correct this and look into ourselves why it happens all the time and if we're a partner for example and they always want to argue then you need to look at why did this person always argue and what i would learn from that is if you break up that person and you move into another relationship what kind of red flags to look out for in the future 
so you don't repeat that same cycle because you've already been through that before. Now, I think you just said something there that everyone listening to this podcast is going to agree with the uh, if you're an intelligent person, you are always arguing with a stupid person. I mean, everyone's going, yeah, I am an intelligent person and I am always arguing with a stupid <laughs> person. That's my partner. Absolutely. Thank you for that validation, <laughs> Jacob. Two psychologists did a study and basically the conclusion of the study was Dumb people think they're always right. And intelligent people always doubt if they're right. Okay. Basically, dumb people, they don't know enough. They think they know more. So like Plato's quote, I am the wisest man because I know I know nothing. Mm-hmm. But dumb people don't think like that. They think they know everything. And it's very hard to convince someone who's not intelligent that they're wrong. Very, very hard. But intelligent people are a lot more likely to put their hands up and say, I'm wrong. A really weird analogy I heard that always stuck with me is you could be the best chess player in the world. But if you play chess against a pigeon, it's going to just run all across the board and it flies away. It doesn't mean <laughs> it, right? Because you know how good you are, if the other person doesn't understand what you're doing or where you're coming from, it's just an uphill battle all the time. And it's so frustrating. And that's when you argue because you get frustrated. <laughs> Good. I mean, that's the wisest piece of advice I've taken out of this podcast. If you're playing chess with a pigeon, you're going to lose. Yeah, pointless. <laughs> I love it. Well, and if all else fails, Jacob, hey, Google it then. That's <laughs> that's always a good one. I'm telling you now, that is an app cheat of life. Just get Google out and you can't lose. <laughs> Life hack. Wow. I mean, I feel rich with knowledge about arguments right now. Do you have anything that we haven't covered that you're dying to, you know, tell people? No. <laughs> Put my pigeon analogy out. I feel like I've done my job. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, honestly, I've had a wonderful time. I hope it helped people who are listening as well. But yeah, just remember, guys, arguing is not worth it. It's not. Discussions are great. Arguing is not. If you're always arguing 24-7, look at the relationship because it's not healthy. Life's too short. It really is. And I'm sure people have got so much out of this episode and, are, you know, they're absolutely smitten now with their partners. Nobody is arguing at all. If people want to find out more about your work and, and what you do and all of your wonderful advice, Jacob, where can we find you? How can we learn more? Let me head to my TikTok. I've got 600,000 followers on there, so pretty cool. That is Jacob Lucas 101 and Instagram, got lots of different stuff on Instagram too, which is jacoblucas101. Or you can head to my website, which is jacoblucasdating.com. So yeah, head to there. And like I said, I do do one-to-ones as well, discussion about what you're going through. And yeah, that's where they find me. I love it. The basics of Jacob Lucas, Jacob Lucas 101. <laughs> that's the first course you need to take. <laughs> you know, random, because when I was making that username, I was like, Jacob Lucas is taken by like a million. Uh, so I was like, what number could I put after? I was like 101. But be aware though, there are a lot of people making fake accounts of me on TikTok. Ooh. Don't go to the fake ones because a lot of fake ones being made. Weird, right? You know what that means though, right, Jacob? You made it. You've made it. <laughs> you've made, you've done it. Yes, when people start making fake accounts, they all want to be you. That's amazing. Well done. I don't get who does that. It's flattering. At least they're not arguing. They're so bored, but they need to do something. I'm not that interested in anything. <laughs> Ah, we beg to differ, Jacob. We beg to differ. We have enjoyed your advice very, very much. Thank you so much for being on the show and for all of your wisdom. We will take it forward and we will try to have a much more joyous and peaceful time with all of our partners. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. 
I loved the distinction Jacob made between discussions and arguments. Of course, we'll never have exactly the same perspective on absolutely everything as our partner, but I certainly saw the value in keeping calm and talking through things with an open mind instead of automatically starting to spit verbal venom at somebody who is supposed to be special to us. As always, I want to hear from you. What do you do when arguments arise in your dating life? And do you have any tricks which help you to avoid inadvertently making your partner feel triggered? Leave me a comment and let me know. For now, though, you've been listening to Into You with me, Fern Lullum. Special thanks to my guest, Jacob Lucas, whose links will be in the show notes. Also to Joshua Holland for technical support and to the manager of AMI, Andy Frank. Leave me your feedback at feedback at ami.ca. And if you liked what you heard, make sure to search for Into You on your favourite or indeed any podcast distributing platform and subscribe for more episodes coming your way on the first thursday of every month oh and if you're not here we will have to have a very calm reasonable discussion as to why definitely no arguments though 